This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. College football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Whitmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. It's good to have you on the correct show now. Well, it's nice to not be talking about the draft, draft well, we're mock all, draft, we're gonna, we're gonna crap. We're going to kind of talk about the draft. Well, I'm talking mock drafts. Yeah, we're, we're kind of no, ta- no one needs to know my mock draft because everyone already knows everyone's at ESPNs, and they're the ones that well, matter. Hey, you know what? There's a ton of people leaving ESPN, so you may be right up for uh, one of those jobs opening up, whether it be Skip Bayless, Trent Dilfer, Mike Tirico. Oh, no. They're letting <laughs> Trent Dilfer go? Oh, good God. What is going on? But we've got a, I say it every week, it's become my thing. we got a jam-packed show for you guys today as we're going to be talking some old Miss drama that unfolded after the NFL, well, during the NFL draft, I should say, with Laramie Tunsil. We're going to be talking some, some college football running backs to look for in 2016 and mainly Leonard Fournette. Can he be the number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft? And then we're going to close up shop talking about the future of certain teams at the quarterback position. But Brandon, before we get into anything I just said, we got to make it a point that a few weeks ago we talked about a certain topic that is totally irrelevant now because satellite camps were banned and then Jim Harbaugh won. But I think it's I think it's a good thing. I think I'm really happy that he won because it really, I think for both of us, it didn't make sense that they were going to be banned anyways. Well, yeah, no, neither of us wanted them to be banned. I just wanted to throw this out because yeah. I saw it this week and I'm like, oh, we're not going to talk about them again. Yet again. But I had to mention it because we talked about it, but let's get into the, the khakis strike again. Let's get into the old Miss drama that unfolded on draft night. And if you've been living under a rock and you haven't known what's been going on since Thursday, basically what happened was Tunsil starts to fall before because somebody posted a picture of him with a bong and a gas mask smoking some pot. So he starts to fall. Then on his Instagram, I believe it was an Instagram account, somebody posts text messages between him, Hugh Freeze, it's either him or Hugh Freeze or him and the AD of Old Miss, Kind of asking, hey, hey, coach, I can't uh, make my rent this week. Hey, I can't. I need money this week. It's all about I need money. I can't do this. I can't do that. And Old Miss Reactionary is now in an investigation of themselves to figure out the bottom of this. And Brandon, my question to you is simple: Will anything come up from this? And do you think Old Miss should be punished? If these allegations are true, uh, you know, is there going to be something that comes up from it? Something, of course, will come up from it. You know, so- something will come up. There will be some, but, but but I think it'll be, I personally think it'll be kind of quiet. I, I think something will happen. It'll be kind of quiet. There'll be some, you know, some wrist slapping in the back room. And that I think that's about it. My whole thing when I think about this is, Okay, let's say yes. Let's say this this guy did give him, you know, some money. A little bit. Is that bad? Helping him out so he can pay his rent and, 
you know, do some of this stuff. Obviously, you can't do it for each person. If you can't do it for each person, you probably just shouldn't do it at all. But you're helping a guy out. You're not giving him his, his weekly weed money. Well, or maybe you were. But I, I, uh, I, I guess I don't necessarily see how bad that really is. It's not like you gave him money to, to go. It's not like you gave him money each week to go party with strippers. You know, they mm-hmm. did that at Louisville and they got caught. But I, I, I don't, I guess I don't, I, I'm having trouble seeing why this is such a bad thing. Well, I don't think on a personal level it's such a bad thing. If you're a head coach of any sports team, you want a coach that is going to be able to kind of be there for his players. The thing that I think that it gets into is, one, is it against the NCAA rules? You're damn right it is. And number two, another thing that this opens up is kind of the different things that we've heard about throughout Hugh Freeze's career that, oh, maybe uh, he's a little bit shady, I'm going to say, when it comes to the recruiting game. And now people can come out and say, well, hey, if they're, if they're doing this, look at what they're doing over there. It fits the character of the coach, one of those things. Well, I've got to be honest, and, I, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying, I'm not one who's saying that Hugh Freeze is shady um, or anything like that. But, and I won't say this about everyone, but sometimes there are things that coaches do mm-hmm. in recruiting to try and get their guy. That's just part of it. At least that's what I think. I think that's just part of it. And I think a lot of coaches, you know, whether we're talking a power five, you know, non-power five, whatever, they want to get their guy. Sometimes they'll make promises. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll give a little extra, quote unquote, a little extra, whatever that may be, to make them come. Yeah, and I think for me, it's not necessarily the, here's the whole thing with Old Miss, and this is what you've been hearing, whichever news source you turn on that's talking about sports 24-7, is the thing about Old Miss that was funny is they were not so good, then Hugh Freeze comes in, and all of a sudden they start to get, they started to get good really quickly, and it kind of... It raised like to some people it raised an eyebrow, like, huh, that's kind of funny. Because you look at some other programs, like I'll throw out the one that I come to is Kansas. Kansas gets a new head coach, they don't have instant success like that. Charlie Weiss came in, they still failed. Now, Charlie Weiss ain't a great coach, that's a bad example. But then Charlie Weiss leaves, a new coach comes in, they don't have instant success like that a team that you could say follows the rules. Now people are going to start to look at this and go, hey, you know what? Hugh Free, if, if this is what they're doing to try to get their players just to be able to play for them while they're on their team, what are they doing to get them in the door? Because the one thing I will tell you, and this is me kind of knowing, I understand the game if I'm Hugh Freeze. Because what conference is Old Miss in? Can you jog my memory, Brandon? Oh, it's 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 that SEC. It's that SEC we hear so much about, like the powerhouse, the the number one kings of the mountaintop. And Old Miss to me is kind of like 
they're not the little brother. They're like the middle brother. Because they don't, like, right now they don't suck, but they're not that good. Meaning, I like, and when I say they're not that good, meaning they're not Alabama. That's what I mean. So Old Miss, the, the whatever, hottie toddy, don't get mad at me. I'm just saying you're no Alabama. They're right in the middle right now. And it's mainly because, oh, well, if we were in the East, we would win. Well, you're not. You're in the West. You got LSU. You got Texas A&M, who's been good. Auburn has good seasons. Mississippi State was good the past two years. You have Alabama and Old Miss. Yeah, they were 6-2 and two in conference this year, but they weren't good enough to beat Alabama. I can understand why Hugh Freeze would think, okay, let's do some stuff that's kind of under the table so that we can maybe beat Alabama in the future. But here's the thing, though, is that if people want to come out and say that, oh, it's just Hugh Freeze, that's bullshit. Because there are many coaches that do that. I, I, I'm telling you, I said it mm-hmm. before, I guarantee you that more than you think do it. And it's 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 just like one of those things. You don't talk about it. You don't say anything. You just do it. And again, you know, the, the topic, obviously, that we're talking about here is... is one thing that I, I don't think is a big deal, they, they made a big deal. The the smoking um, from a bong with a gas mask on, it only looked bad because it w- he had a gas mask on. Otherwise, I mean, freaking Miley Cyrus smokes out of a bong. Mm-hmm. It's just normal for, you know, people that age to do it. But I think that these text messages, oh, did he get money? Didn't he get money? Who cares if a coach or a staffer gave him money so that he could pay his rent to stay in his apartment and you want to get mad at that guy and fire that guy shame on you ncaa shame on you you would rather see a college athlete what not be able to pay his rent you know have to leave his apartment be on the streets what do you want a michael orr story is that what you want i mean come on that is ridiculous I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Well, and, and, is that, and is that the full story? God only knows. And I'm looking at an article on Yahoo Sports that I'll put in the description for you guys. But it says, and I quote, that then on April 7th, 2015, according to the Instagram post, Tunsil asked Miller for money to pay for his mother's light bill. Tunsil says the bill is $305.00. And Miller allegedly expresses surprise at the amount. So it wasn't just like, a, oh, well, he's paying for rent. It's, oh, my mom needs to keep her lights on. Can you pay for the light bill? And to me, there's a lot in this. Right now, even the Monday after the draft, well, not Monday. I'm used to us being on Monday. The Tuesday after the draft, as we record this, it's still kind of murky. We have had no firm kind of a set in stone, okay, this is what happened. And do you expect that to be the case? No. Old Miss has come out and said, oh, well, we're going to aggressively investigate and fully cooperate with the NCAA and the SEC. Basically what Old Miss is doing, Old Miss fans, like, love it or hate it, you're going to get hit with some kind of a penalty. You are, because something is going to come out. Is it going to be death penalty huge? No, probably not. But you are going to get hit with something, I believe. 
Because if we have learned anything from the NCAA, they like to make examples out of cases like this. Out of anything, they like to make examples. Look at USC, for example. Not only did they get hit with the, they didn't get hit with a Penn State-like death penalty, but they got championships ripped away. Reggie Bush got his Heisman ripped away just for taking some money while he was in college. So the NCAA is going to come after Old Miss. But that's for something different. You have to look at the scenario. Reggie Bush isn't taking money so he can pay his 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 electric bill. No, he's Reggie taking Bush money, is taking money because Bush. I'm Reggie Bush. I'm Reggie Bush. Not the case here. Not the case here. And and and, and to be honest, just because let's 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 be honest and say even if he was using it for something else, text message did not say he was. So you can't assume that he was. Are you trying are, are you trying to uh Put the two together? Are you trying to put the picture from earlier in the night along with the text messages? Is that what you're trying to say that some people may do? Especially with the uh, 305 and the coach going, that's kind of high for a light bill. Anyone can do anything now. That's what it's done. It's opened up the door to everyone to assume, to mm -hmm. theorize, to make up their own story. To hypothesize. Thought we were rhyming there for a second, but I want to correct myself. I said, Coach, I meant when Miller, Miller is John Miller. He's the director of football operations at Old Miss. That's who um, Tunsil was texting. But I do have to say, if if the NCAA comes down with with any penalty on this, screw them. Oh, it's going to happen. Why? It's going but, to. No, 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 no. That's not the answer to my question. My the answer to my question was why? Why would they do that? Why would they do that? There is nothing. Why does the there NCAA do what they do, period? But but see, that's the thing, is that sometimes the NCAA reminds me of Roger Goodell. I have power, so just let me use it. You don't need to. You just want to. There's really, I don't think, any need to do anything right here. Right now, It's I, I think it's more the NFL's problem than Ole Miss's problem. Honestly. I really do because now the NFL has a guy that they may have to monitor. Oh, is he going to? Which uh, you know what? It sound it does not sound like he is. Again, I, I said it when we started off talking. Do people smoke weed? Hell yeah, they smoke weed. Some people smoke weed so they can get through the workday. Is that good? Not necessarily. But what I'm trying to say is that he's a, he's still kind of a kid who's going to the NFL for the first time. And he doesn't have it all figured out. And right now, the NFL has should should worry about cases like Johnny Manziel. Should they monitor this? Yeah, you don't want him going off the, the beaten path. But I, I, I think that this is an NFL thing, not an NCAA thing. Yeah, you know, obviously you want to make sure that Ole Miss is, that this is something they don't do all the time, blah, blah, blah. But right now, I do not think that this is, is a big issue. It's been blown up to something I don't think is really that big. Can I throw out a kind of follow-up question? That This is going to go away from Old Miss a little bit, but it kind of goes into what you were just ranting about. I'll allow it. And Excuse me, ranting, I was I was, I was, was giving a really good explanation <laughs> of my venting. thought. You were venting. You were venting. But I saw what this whole podcast is. It's just a big it's vent just, session. It's just me and Brandon venting about college football because we can't wait for the games to actually begin at the end of August, early September. But this was an article I saw by 
Adam Rittenberg, ESPN staff writer. And like originally I was like, oh, that could be a topic for a podcast, but I didn't include it because I didn't think it had enough substance. But I'm going to tag it on, kind of like in the government when they just tag something onto a bill. I'm doing that here with this segment. Here's what the article reads, and I'm just going to read you the headline, and you tell me what you think of this answer. Does college football need a commissioner? Uh, no, I, I don't. Uh, I don't. Th- now, he talks about it more in the case of the satellite camps. The way he put it was that whole thing needed an adult in the room. Yeah, there were adults in the room that were normally at sponsor, but, and I quote, those adults bungled a ruling on the fringe item that has su- summer swarmed its way to the forefront of college football's offseason. However, you could take that and apply it to the old miss and any punishment that they may get. I, I don't necessarily know if they need a commissioner because how have we seen a commissioner work out with football? Not real well with the NFL. Not We've not seen real it work well with, with the Roger NBA Gide- with Adam We've Silver. Seen, we have absolutely, but I think it really depends on the person. I don't think Roger Goodell is good. Mm-hmm. I think Adam Silver is. How, I, think, about, I, I think uh, I think Adam Silver. Hold on, I think Adam Silver gets his players. Mm-hmm. Roger Goodell does what not. What about Manford for baseball? Yeah, Manford. Yeah, be, I, the ones that are good are good because they get the game, they get the players, and they have the respect. Mm-hmm. Roger Goodell doesn't get it. He doesn't have any respect. Well, the thing I think about with. Goodell and I. This is back to Larry Laramie Tunsil for this kind of statement, and this may be a the onside kick kind of a thing. But fuck it, whatever. We're talking about it here, so I'm gonna mention. Sorry, it. Mark. The thing with Goodell that I didn't like was I believe he was on Mike and Mike Friday morning, the day after the first round, and he when he was asked about Tunsil falling, he's like, "Oh yeah, that was good for television." Oh, that, that's that's just the excitement of the draft. And it's like, you motherfucker. He's a dick. This guy is now one of your players. One of the guys who is now playing in your league that you are supposed to protect. Well, they're supposed to. Instead, they protect a nice fancy logo that has an N and F and an L. However, I, I couldn't. St- I'm like, what did he just say? Basically, he just said, I'm making money off of you. That's it. I'm making money. Whatever makes me money and makes my pocket bigger. And I could see that point of view for college football, that if we just get a commissioner for college football, same thing's going to happen, right? Uh, Or is someone going to come in and we can actually work like and have a central figure that won't try to screw everyone over? But see, that's the thing is that... There's just this power struggle. Mm -hmm. That's, That's the whole issue is... People can be really good people, but then you put them into a position of power and some people cannot handle it because it is too much for them. Basically, whatever they say goes. So if they say, you know, you have to, you know, jump on your head for 10 minutes every Every time at lunchtime. Don't think I can do that. You're doing it. No, I mean, that was really stupid what I just said. No, I know. But they do, I stu- do, but they do stupid things like that. No, people with power can do stupid things, and people have to do it. Mm-hmm. And with 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 Roger Goodell, for sure, he's one he, – he does not handle the power well. He does not handle the power well because it's, it's his way or the highway, and 
th- the players can do things wrong, and he'll point it out. He can do things wrong, and he's not wrong. It's bad. Before we move on and we go on to some running back talk, I gave my opinion. I think that no matter like it, love it, hate it, love it, like it, whatever adjectives I could use for the word love, um, something's going to happen here. Old Miss is going to get penalized some way, somehow, by the NCAA. That was my opinion. Brandon, before we wrap this up, put a nice bow on it. One last time, in the Old Miss kind of part of this, what's, what do you think is going to happen in the end? What I think, I, 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 I'm going to stick by what I think happens in the end is that I, I, I think they, they don't have enough evidence. At least right now, I don't think they have enough evidence to be able to say that Ole Miss, you have done something clearly wrong, and we are going to have to outwardly punish you. I think what they're going to do is is what I said is I think that they'll they'll have some, um, you know, they'll slap you on the wrist in the back room and say if this happens again, where we're even able to, we don't. We, next mm-hmm. time we won't even need a whole lot of evidence. It was shady the first time. We'll. If we see anything, you are going to be in trouble. That's what I think happens. I, again, I said I think it's more of an NFL problem now than it is for the NCAA because, again, I don't see it as a big issue at all. So, okay, we're going to move on, and we're going to talk some running backs. However, the first one we're going to focus on is the big boy. The from, big boy. He was the big guy, the BMOC the last year the big for LSU. And we have Leonard Fournette and Brandon. The question is easy. Will Leonard Fournette be the number one overall pick in the 2017 NFL draft? I think, in all honesty, if he stays healthy, he's the number one or the number two. He's the number one or the number two. I I mean, if his numbers can continue to be this next year, what they were, if they're even close to what they were last year, absolutely. See, here's the thing. Here's the problem I have with the the whole Leonard Fournette going number one. It's the Browns. The Browns are my problem because the way I see it is, of course, the Browns are going to need a running back. They didn't take one that's on the caliber of Leonard Fournette this year. And next year, I know that they... Uh, I know that they went ahead and drafted Cody Kessler, but I'm sorry. Browns fans are going to be looking for a new quarterback this year. So what does that mean for Leonard Fournette? That means, depending on what team is number one, is where he's going to go. I don't think he's going to be number one. I really don't. Because the way I see it, the Browns are going to have the number one pick. And I'm not saying that because the Browns are going to suck. I'm mainly saying that because the Eagles are going to suck. Because the Browns have their pick. And if we went off of, right now, I'm kind of putting together a way too early mock draft for the NFL. Brandon, you can roll your eyes at any time because this is just a mock draft. And it's a way too early mock draft. So everything's going to change. The way that they have done the order for these is... They've gone off of the Super Bowl odds for next season. And I'll, the top five from one to five is Browns, Niners, Chargers, Jags, Titans. I don't see any of those guys going with Fournette. I'm not saying Fournette's not going to be the number one best prospect. I just don't think he's going to go number one because of what teams need. 
San Fran's going to be looking quarterback. Browns are going to be looking quarterback. Chargers, they, I mean, they could go Fournette. They could shock the world, but they got Melvin Gordon. Is he going to do something this year? The Jags have Yeldon. The Titans just took Derrick Henry and got DeMarco Murray. To be honest, I don't have Fournette going until number nine right now to the Browns. I think the Browns are the best team for him, but would they spend a number one pick on him? That's the question. Well, here's what I've got looking at USA Today Sports. So Mm -hmm. one through five, they've got the Cleveland Browns, then the Cleveland Browns from Philadelphia, the New Orleans Saints, the Titans, and the Miami Dolphins. And USA Today has Cleveland going Deshaun Watson at number one and Leonard Fournette at number two. That would be ideal. Like if they have if they have the first two picks, it doesn't really matter where he goes. Well, money wise it does, but it doesn't really matter. I just don't think that I mean it's so hard because everyone expects Deshaun Watson to be the number one pick because he's a quarterback, he's gonna be good. Is Clemson gonna get back? to the national title game again. The thing with Fournette that we have yet to bring up that, I mean, we're putting the carriage ahead of the horse just by talking him going number two. He's got to have a way better season consistently overall than he had because he had those boom, 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 big, 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 and then boom against Alabama, ran into a fucking wall. Well, that's what happens when you play Alabama. Ran into a Sean Robinson and Jaron Reed and that Mack truck defensive line that they have down there, and that derailed them. Then, I mean, 31 yards that game, then 91 in the loss against Arkansas, and then another loss against Old Miss. So that really took LSU and derailed them, and LSU's not going to be able to do anything unless Fournette is on his game. No, I I agree. I think that but, – but I do think that Fournette will be really good. I mean – over thirty three hundred needs to be more consistent. Over thirty three hundred yards from scrimmage and thirty three total touchdowns mm-hmm. in two years. That's impressive. He was the third leading rusher last year. That's impressive. But I will say that there are some other guys out there as well, and we'll have to see how they do this year. Dalvin Cook from Florida State is another one, and of course, people were all over him after. His huge performance in the Rose Bowl, and that is McCaffrey. Yeah, I was I was going to bring McCaffrey up because here's the thing that I think, and I'm going to give you a little bit of where he falls on my way too early mock draft because really it doesn't matter where he's going. I just find it funny that I have him going here. I have him going to the Patriots. I think he'd be a great fit. He's going to be that guy at the next level. Is he going to be that for sure kind of Danny Woodhead running back? No, he's going to be that Danny Woodhead who can also be a receiver outside and catch the ball. That's what McCaffrey is going to do. McCaffrey's not going to be your number one running back. Give him the ball, give him the ball, give him the ball. He's going to be, okay, we can give him the ball here. We can send him out, throw him the ball. We can line him up as a wide receiver. That's what he's going to be. He's going to be that weapon along with being the running back. But I will say I think that McCaffrey is a little overhyped. I'm just a little I'm bit. just I'm just being honest. Okay. And I, I think maybe I'm more Let's see salty. what Stanford does this year. I think it's because I'm more salty that Iowa. P- a- after No 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 no. You are putting words in my mouth and I can't think. Okay. So sorry. Stanford whoops Iowa's butt mm-hmm. in the Rose Bowl. Afterwards, 
wow, why didn't Christian McCaffrey get the Heisman Trophy? Because fucking Derrick Henry did, you <laughs> jagoffs. I mean, come, no, but it's like you have one good game and already it's, it's, it's like saying, you know, for a politician, well, they had one good debate. Make him the president. I will say this. The only thing Henry, besides yards, the only thing Henry beat McCaffrey in was touchdowns. McCaffrey had about a hundred. He had three hundred and thirty-seven carries to three hundred ninety-five of Henry last year. Two hundred yards short. Two 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 one nine for Henry. A two zero one nine for McCaffrey. McCaffrey actually averaged point four more yards per game. Well, no per one attempt. cares. He had an even six yards per attempt. The only thing was Henry had 28 touchdowns. McCaffrey had eight rushing touchdowns. But that goes into what I was saying about McCaffrey not just being a runner. He was also a receiver for the Stanford Cardinal. Yeah, that's true. I I, I think that he'll be better as an all-around back as Derrick Henry. I, I, I don't really picture him catching too I many mean, passes. We've got Nick Chubb coming back from injury. I know. I know. I, I think that and I think that Nick Chubb. Kirby Smart. I think that Nick Chubb's actually been one that's been kind of written off because of the injury. Because his injury, I feel like happened, um, kind of so soon mm-hmm. in the in this. It happened in the middle of the season, didn't it? Yeah. So he's kind of been written off. But I, I think that if he can overcome that injury, it, I, he could have a chance for like a comeback comeback player of the year this year for in, in, in the uh in the NCAA. So I, I, I think he's another one and that's why people aren't talking about him. Uh, me especially I we had talked about him before we even came on the podcast mm-hmm. and I forgot about him. So I think he's one. Royce Freeman could be another one that you look at from say, Oregon. I was gonna say my top five running backs I'm gonna get this out before you name all of them. Sorry. My top five running backs for this year, no particular order. Fournette, McCaffrey, Chubb Royce Freeman, Dalvin Cook. That's it. Those are the five that are going to be. Those are the five that we're talking about come draft time. Maybe two or three of them might be that first round kind of mock type early in or early in the mock draft season. Well, right in there, you're you're going to find you're going to find your your Heisman winner in there. You think another running back is going to win the Heisman? I think you no could. Deshaun Watson Heisman. I I don't know. I think it might be hard for Watson to repeat what he did last year. I I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he Clemson would have to have another phenomenal season like they did this past year. Will they be back there to try and win it all this year? I don't know. I think they're really going to have to have a good year. And could they? Sure. Um, I I think it could be tough for Watson to repeat his numbers from last year, though. They were good. They were good. I I I just don't know. Do you think um, Clemson gets back to the big game? Uh, Clemson definitely. Uh, I do. I've been doing a lot of this. Ah, ah, like I'm continuing to. I'm kind of just guessing as I'm saying all of this. But it's the um, fun of the off season, though, right? Yeah, it is. Um, but then you get to look back later and go, "Wow, I was stupid." Um, no, yeah, I think just wait till our top twenty-five, right? I think they're one of the four playoff teams. That's what I'll say for right now. I think they are one of the four playoff teams at the end of the year. For right now, you will. But you're not going to say whether or not they can. Uh Make it back to the the granddaddy of them all. No, not no, Ricky, I am uh, I am not that bold to say that yet. You're not. You're not like me. I'm not That's, you. Of course, I like I'm to make bold you. predictions <laughs> any day of the week. I got one more for you. Okay. Do we see a? And I don't know if he's going to be the first sure starter, but do we see a guy maybe like Damian Harris kick it off and just come out of nowhere 
as the starting running back for the Crimson Tide. No Henry, no Kenyon Drake. Right now, based on last year, we've got Damian Harris and Bo Scarborough from last year, the guys returning, the two freshmen that were behind the junior and the senior. Big guys. Big guys. Henry-esque. So I, I, I don't... So basically, they can be Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram. Basically, I mean, Mark, my goodness, my goodness gracious. Honestly, I feel like with Alabama running backs, though. Just a new one every year. I feel like they're there for five years. <laughs> ah, TJ Yeldon, he's still there. Still there. Eddie no. Lacy, still there. Exactly. Like, those are hasn't, guys I hasn't just. Hasn't lost a pound. Hasn't lost a pound. Well, yeah, yeah. You're right. He, he has gained some, though. You got to go. You've got to check out, if you haven't, the picture of Eddie Lacy post P90X. It's pretty freaking phenomenal. But the last thing we're going to talk about here on the podcast is they have an insider article on ESPN ranking the best and brightest futures at the quarterback position. Me and Brandon are just going to talk about some of the teams that we think have the best and brightest quarterbacks, which teams we're going to see the best quarterbacks come from. And number one at the top, you love them just as much as your Crimson Tide. Sean of the Fast Break and everything else here at MVP, our social media guy, is a huge Fighting Irish fan. Notre Dame, they've probably got the brightest future, right? Deshaun Kaiser or Malik Zaire is your starters this year. Kaiser could stay around. If you bench him, he could stay around for next year. So you could have Zaire, Kaiser. Then you have Wimbush, who's returning to the depth chart. You're adding Ian Brook and next season... As a freshman, you're going to get the 131st overall ESPN recruit coming into your quarterback class. I think the ones that you really take a look at, at least for me right now, it's Notre Dame. And Notre Dame really is in an interesting spot because of both the quarterbacks that they have. Zaire and Kaiser? They both have really good talent. Both of them do. And uh, Malik Zaire, you know, he goes down early with injury, but, you know, he had already been showing some good stuff. Kaiser, though, came in, and I really think he had a pretty darn good season. I really do. I I think that there's obviously plenty of things that he can work on, do better, <laughs> but I think that it was a really good season overall for him. Well, and I mean the thing with, the whenever I think of Deshaun Kaiser, I think back to that Virginia game because the lasting memory, and I hate the, let, if you're new to the Primetime Podcast, I hate the Fighting Irish. Like, out of sports teams I hate, it's the Yankees, and then right below them, not by much, is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I hate the Fighting Irish. However, you say to Sean Kaiser, I think, boom, throw to Will Fuller in the corner of the end zone. That one where it was like the deep throw, I believe there was a little bit of a scramble beforehand, and Kaiser just said, fuck it, and let it chuck. And then Fuller had to extend and caught it in the near the corner of the end zone, maybe right as he crossed the line towards the sideline to win that game because Notre Dame almost lost that game at Virginia. Yes, they did. Yes, it, that was week two, wasn't week it? Week two. Yeah, week two. I remember watching September that. September 12th on NBC. Yep, absolutely. There's hardly any Notre Dame yeah. games that aren't, <laughs> aren't on, on NBC. NBC. But... Uh, I, I remember watching that game and how close it was, but some huge throws, mm-hmm. but also some really good plays by uh, Will Fuller, who who made some really, like you just said, some great adjustments to to do it. But I really think that in 
in just last season, you have so much room to grow and get better. It's going to be a really good quarterback competition, I think, over the summer. You know who else has got a pretty good quarterback class just for the future now is Clemson. They've got Deshaun Watson this year. Deshaun Watson could technically stay for a senior year, but let's be honest, he probably won't, especially if he's got first-round grades. I don't have the same Andrew Luck kind of, uh, I'm going to stay and get my degree from Deshaun Watson like we saw in Andrew Luck, but you look behind him, they got a sophomore behind him and Kelly Bryant, so that's a guy who could possibly play for you for two years. And then I look at the 2017 commitments that they've got, Hunter Johnson and Chase Bryce. And you may be saying, well, Ricky, who the fuck are those guys? I'll be honest. I don't really know. He doesn't know who they are either. But the one thing that I do look at with recruits is when you have Johnson, who's the number two quarterback pocket passer, and Bryce, who's the number 11th ranked quarterback pocket passer in the ESPN class, that's pretty damn good, man. That's pretty damn good. (laughs) It is pretty darn good. I... I guess another thing, too, is that you want to look at them. How How is their future going to be not only in college, but then, you know, looking at them going to the NFL, which one of these guys do you think will be the best NFL fit when it comes to that time? Talking about Hunter Hunter Johnson and Chase Bryce? No, I mean, I'm, ta- I'm talking about Watson. I'm okay. talking about... Okay, I'm like, whoa, man, we're, we're taking high school seniors and talking about how they're going to... No, uh, no, no, no. Going going back to the ones in college yeah, the ones right that, now. Okay, okay. Um, come on, stick with me here, I, I was I was getting scared for a second. I was like, I don't know where Hunter's going to go. No, like... Maybe the Alaskan Eskimos, the new expansion team for the NFL, by the time he gets uh, out of college? No, too much? They're going to get a team in London before Alaska. I'm sorry. They'll, but get, go a, on. they'll get a team in Mexico before but, they get a team in Alaska. But go on, Brandon. No, like 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 Deshaun Watson. So right now, he, he's he's a very mobile quarterback. He's my number one do, pick. Do we see him as being the next Russell Wilson? Better than Russell Wilson? I mean, like 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 that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Obviously, there's some who have bright futures in college, but we have seen so many with bright futures in college. But then he just doesn't do anything in the NFL. You say say mobile quarterback, and I I know Deshaun Watson is nothing. Like, I know he's not this player, but I just think to myself, I just go, oh, please don't be be the next RG3. Don't be the next RG3. But the thing is, though, is that I say mobile quarterback, but Russell Wilson's a mobile quarterback. Yeah, but I don't think Deshaun Watson, to me, to be Russell Wilson, you cannot be a first-round pick. To be the next Russell Wilson can't be a first-round pick. You have to be that kind of player that gets drafted in the second or below, more the second, because that's where Russell Wilson got drafted, and then come on to stardom. Just like with six-round draft picks that make it big in the NFL, we call them Tom Brady's because that's what Tom Brady did. I think to be a Russell Wilson, you can't be drafted in the first round. He's in a club that first-rounders can't get into. And Deshaun Watson is going to be a top-three pick. He's most likely going to be the number-one overall pick because RG3 is not going to work. Cody Kessler is going to be too far. The Browns are going to have the first overall pick because the Eagles suck. 
and then they're going to take Deshaun Watson number one. That's where I'm sitting right now. This could all change, but that's what I it see. It could. I thought it was set in stone. Well, this this is what I see looking into my crystal ball. Ah. But one last team we got to talk about is Baylor. They're a team that also, I mean, they're kind of, to me, in the same boat of Notre Dame this year. Who do they start? Do you go with the guy who was riding the ship for um, Bryles early in Russell or the guy who came in later for him in Stidham? I think you got to go with Russell. If Russell's healthy, you stick Russell. Uh, I mean, Stidham, Stidham did well, but if there's no reason to bench your starting quarterback— you don't do it. And, I mean, they've, they've too, got Russell, who's a senior. Stidham comes in. He's a sophomore this year, so he's got two more years after this one. Then, arriving on the depth chart this year, the 10th overall quarterback from the 2016 draft class, and then they already have a commitment for 2017, who will come in next year in Kellen Mound, who's the second top quarterback He's dual threat, though. So they'll have Zach Smith, who's a pocket passer, Mound, who's a dual threat. Stidham, I would I would say he's kind of the in the middle. And then Russell, of course, you're only getting Russell for this year. But they're just another team that it always seems like there's Baylor quarterback, and then who's the next one coming in? You have RG3. Then you got Bryce Petty. Now you got Seth Russell. Next will be Stidham. Then we could see Smith and Mount, and it's, it just feels like that lineage just keeps going. But that's how some teams are. I mean, some teams, you, you never fall off the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Some teams are always fighting to find one, and some teams never fall off. They, can, they can't get rid of them. So, but I think that's good. I mean, that's a good position to be in. And it, what's, what's actually nice, though, for Baylor is they, since Russell went down last year, they were able to find out what they have in Stidham. I think they were happy with it. I mean, he's he's a freshman playing, and mm-hmm. I think that you've got to be very happy with what you saw. I mean, he gave you pretty good numbers while he was in there. I, I, I was impressed with what I saw just as a freshman. And you get another year to kind of sit behind Russell and see what happens, get into a couple of games in garbage time. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I think Stidham has a very bright future, and I, I think that uh, we will just see what Seth Russell is able to do this year, hopefully avoiding any injury. Got one last thing before I do my wrap-up shop here for the podcast. There's one team on this list that under 2016 starter, it says TBD, and that's Georgia. If you are Kirby Smart in Athens, do you go with Grayson Lambert or Bryce Ramsey? Who you going with if you're Kirby Smart in Georgia? I think you go with Lambert. I mean that's that that's just me. I, go with the senior over the junior. I, I I think you go with I think you go with the senior. I think you go with the senior and uh, you at the end of the day you go with the senior to start. But at the end of the day you go with the one who's going to produce for you in the summer if there's a quarterback battle competition there will be whoever wins should be the one and it's funny that you say that because the writer of this article on espn says they've got a freshman coming in the number one pocket passer from this past recruiting class in jacob eason and he even says he goes first thing he writes at some point and probably pretty soon eason is going to overtake lambert for that starting job. And even in the caption of the picture of Eason, it says, 
don't be surprised if Jacob Eason gets the nod as Georgia's starter as a true freshman. So that's something to look at if you're a Bulldog fan. Do you go with the senior, go with the junior, or fuck it, let's let's throw the true freshman in there right away in the SEC. Well, the one that you go with is, I mean, I yes, you can go with the with the senior and you can take the seniority and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, you go with the one that you think is going to give you the best chance to win. It really doesn't matter because it's not about pleasing people. It's about winning games. It's about winning games. It's all you got to do. But that's, that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast this week. I want to thank you guys for listening. If you're on SoundCloud, go ahead, hit that heart, that repost button. If you're on YouTube, go ahead, hit that like and subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Brandon is at Young underscore Swan 19. Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. We're on Snapchat with the same name. But what I want you guys to do specifically is go down below in the description. Check out our Patreon page. If you listen to the podcast each and every week and you love what you hear, go down, check out the Patreon page. You love it. You support us. That's a way for you to support us even more to make sure that we can bring you guys the ideas and the bigger, better things that we have planned for you guys. And we have some cool rewards for you guys. So check that out down below, please, if it's one thing you do today for us. But thank you for checking out this podcast. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.